What it means to retire has been evolving for some time. Before COVID, that meant stopping work entirely was no longer the goal. But in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis, it may mean that stopping work will no longer be possible. So how should retirement savers navigate what's next? Welcome to The Bid, where we break down what's happening in financial markets and explore the forces shaping investing. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Later. Today, BlackRock's president, Rob Capito, and head of the retirement group, Ann Ackerley, talk about lessons learned from prior crises, share the numbers from our recent survey of retirement savers in response to the downturn, and give their advice for staying prepared through uncertainty. Rob, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. So Rob, as the president and a founder of BlackRock and a veteran of this industry for several decades, how is this crisis compared to other crises in your career? Well, most of the crises that we have been through have been financial crises. Now, many of them actually may have led to health issues, But this is really the reverse. This is where this is a health crisis, the first pandemic that I have actually been through. And it certainly is going to lead to many financial issues simply because businesses have been closed down. People have been laid off. People have been asked to shelter in place. And certainly this is going to affect people's financial future. And speaking of financial futures, for those who are saving for retirement, and particularly if they're closer to retirement, this is a really scary time. There's been so much market volatility, job loss, as you mentioned, health at risk. And you recently wrote a letter to retirement savers in response to those concerns and specifically the coronavirus. What is the most important thing for retirement savers to know right now, Rob? Well, this has been something that's been brewing for quite a long time. We have an aging population across the globe. And one of the things that we have noticed is that people are living longer and they haven't saved enough for the future. And now with the pandemic, interest rates have come down to all-time lows. The expectation is that they will stay low for longer. And whatever the solution to the pandemic is, we all know that it's going to take longer and it's going to make it harder for people to be able to save and also invest at returns that are going to enable them to retire in dignity. So this is an issue that we've been very focused on and trying hard to create awareness of the issue and solutions for retirees. But it sounds like there's no simple one piece of advice. It's a challenging situation. One of the big changes, I think, from maybe prior crises, particularly with respect to people who were saving in their 401k, is there have been a lot of changes toward people getting into the right kind of investments, into those diversified, age-based, asset-allocated investments widely known as target dates. A target date fund is really an all-in-one solution. I don't want to say totally set it and forget it, but to some extent, you say when you want to retire. And 
So long as you're investing, as you age, it makes the right asset allocation choices for you. So when you're young and you're a long way away from retirement, you're probably largely in equity in a target date. And as you get closer to retirement, we start to take risk off the table, more bonds, less equity. And so we're taking risk off because particularly as you get right up close to retirement, if there is some sort of market downturn, you wouldn't want to be in all equities. I know particularly in your letter, you were talking about if somebody was in that kind of vehicle, if they could at all, understanding that these were very hard times, to try to stay the course. And if they could, chances are, as the market does start to rebound, and it's already shown some signs of that, they wouldn't subject themselves to even further losses by not being able to get that rebound. Well, it's hard not to be frustrated when you see and hear the volatility in the marketplace and you want to take action either to protect your principal or to make extra returns. And, you know, we coined a saying that we think it's more important to have time in the market than timing the market. Speaking of timing, and we do these retirement surveys on a range of different retirement-related issues every year. We did one in January of this year before this crisis, and then we did one again after in the wake of it. How are the answers and responses that you saw different given the market environment right now? As Rob said, this is a pretty scary time. And we know over the last three months that one in four workers in the United States have lost their jobs. That's about 20 plus percent of the workforce. And we knew actually coming into this that people were already struggling. 40% of Americans had no retirement savings as they were nearing retirement. And we also knew that 40% couldn't come up with $400 for emergency savings. So we knew that people were already having some trouble. I will tell you, I did think the results of the survey were a little surprising pre and post. We actually found that for the people who were confident about their retirement beforehand, they were largely still confident after the April survey, which I found a little bit surprising. What I think is happening is if people were confident beforehand, they were confident because they were in a 401k. They were saving already. They were probably getting the match. And chances are that might not have changed in April. It was the people who were already not so confident about their retirement. They weren't saving enough. They weren't getting the match. We saw that they felt even less confident in April. And so when it comes to managing and saving amid the crisis, what were retirement savers most concerned about if their sort of sense of their own standing was kind of the same? Surely some things had changed given how much markets changed. Right. And mostly what they were worried about was the value of their nest egg, what was happening to it, right, and whether they were going to be able to weather this downturn. And again, there's been a lot of change in terms of what people used to do and what they invest in now. And there's been a lot of education. So while they were concerned, in fact, we saw less than 1% of people trading in and out of their investments within a 401k during this crisis. Hmm. So people are hearing, and if they can, they're staying the course. 
That's interesting. As you mentioned, well before the coronavirus, we've talked a lot about the retirement crisis, about the nest egg, even without the sort of context that we live in right now, not being enough for many people. How have your views on the retirement crisis, Rob, perhaps evolved in this environment? Well, I think we still have to get the message out to enough people, and I don't think that they're saving enough. And when you have a crisis, people get very nervous. But I was actually uh, thinking about this this morning, that if someone went to sleep in the end of February and woke up today and they looked at the markets, nothing happened. And while the economy seems disconnected from the markets, there's a lot of liquidity. There are a lot of people looking for assets, and that's helped the stock market continue to grow and bond prices remain low. So there aren't a lot of alternatives at the time when there is a crisis, and that's why people shouldn't just their reflexes to try to do something that actually works against them. So I think we have to make sure that people are aware that this is a long-term view that they have to take. And if you go back and look at any of the financial crisis, it's really the same. It's keeping your portfolio asset allocated properly, making those minor adjustments along the way as you get closer to retirement. So we still need to do a lot of education because in this country, as well as many other countries, people live paycheck to paycheck. In some of the surveys, people said they would save if they had an extra $200 a month, they would start saving. So saving is not something that is common in the United States as much as it is in other parts of the globe. But we all know diversification, long-term, put away some money for an emergency and for the future is the most important. But we still have to create awareness amongst the general population. Living longer is supposed to be a good thing. (laughs) coming out of the survey, one thing that we saw that didn't change really was this sense of one of the biggest concerns is people have, they're afraid of running out of their money. And pre and post crisis, over 80% of the people in our survey said they want help from their employers in figuring out if they have enough money. And they say they not only want their employers to help them get kind of to retirement, But through retirement, in terms of the types of things that are available to them in the 401k, and I think we as an industry will have a chance to reevaluate the systems again and say, where do we need to strengthen? And I think one of the key areas will be around helping people with this notion of, are they going to run out of money? How can they generate income? And as Rob said, you know, needing to be thinking of solutions and innovations around that piece of it. The other part of education that's important is there's some notion that people can retire on Social Security. And Social Security was not meant as a vehicle that you can retire on solely. It was meant to supplement the income that you have. So you do have to save. And how many times have you heard members of your family say you need to save for a rainy day or save for an emergency? All of these things that your parents and grandparents told you is true. I think you also have to use your longevity as a benefit. So the one point that I want to make is saving for retirement 
is not for the older generation. It's for the younger generation. The earlier you start, the more that you will be able to accumulate and the better a situation you will be in by retirement. So even for kids coming out of college today, the first thing that you should do is get invested in a 401k at your company or start one or start a savings and retirement plan because the earlier you do, the better you're going to be when it becomes time to retire. You mentioned, Rob, in the topic of emergency savings, how thin that barrier is for some people to start saving just $200 extra a month. There's a lot of behavioral research around this, but are there innovations that are starting to work that are starting to actually change behavior? I think there'll be even more focus from the industry on short-term savings and long-term savings and helping people build up that short-term emergency fund so that they can protect their long-term savings. And one of the things we've seen in this crisis, and look, this has been an incredibly difficult time for people, particularly for people who have lost their jobs, needing to take money out of the retirement account. And in fact, surveys have said that upwards of 50% of people who have lost their jobs may need to tap into their retirement savings. And in fact, the CARES Act, which was passed and again provided lots of benefits to people really in need, has allowed people to take money out of the 401k up to 100000 with no penalties and to pay taxes over time. And look, we're supportive of that when people need the money. But really, post this, as an industry, we've got to focus on having those short-term accounts so that we can protect that long-term account. Because once people take money out of their retirement account, they tend not to put it back in. And it may not seem like taking out a lot, but it's exactly what Rob said about the compounding. You take money out and you lose the compounding for the rest of your life. And so I think we'll see continued innovation in this area, particularly maybe with technology and how can we use technology to help people save short-term and kind of once they filled up that bucket, start filling up their long-term bucket. And I think that'll be a really important part for employers in the industry to play. This is also not an issue for low-income or minimum-wage people or middle-income or high-income. This really affects everyone because most people get used to a certain style of living and they have figured out from the money that comes in and the money that goes out that they can maintain that lifestyle. And now when you go into a period of time when there is no money coming in, what is the lifestyle that you are able to afford going forward? There's a rude awakening to people. And so when we're going to go into a period where 20 million people are going to be out of work, you're going to see your neighbor who didn't plan, who didn't save, and when you watch that, it's going to be very difficult and very frustrating. And it's going to create an environment which could go one or two ways. It's going to increase people's awareness that they should have been saving more. But at the same time, they're going to try to maintain the same way of living that they had in the past. And therefore, they may tap into their retirement. And they know it's the wrong thing to do, 
but they want to maintain the lifestyle that they have. And I think our message is that you really have to think about this long and hard because it's probably better to cut back the lifestyle a bit so that you don't have to do it in the future when you know that there's not going to be income coming in. So this is why we do a lot of work with individuals and 401k plans and companies to make this education available to people so that they know what can happen before they get into that situation so then they can take the proper measures that are going to help their future and not hurt their future. Listening to you both, it sometimes sounds like the system is really complicated and puts so much of the burden on the individual. And so, Rob, you mentioned how employers are chipping in to ease that burden. But do either of you anticipate any sort of policy solutions that might affect what this landscape looks like and what one needs to do to be prepared, especially as the shape of and the length of our lives is changing? Yes, I think there should be continued policy enhancements. And we can go back to 2006 with the Pension Protection Act that allowed the introduction of target dates, things like auto-enrollment, auto-escalate, default investments, all those sorts of things have happened. Right at the end of last year, we had the SECURE Act, which also had some improvements to the system. We need to keep going. You know, it's going to sound simple, but let's just make it easier. And anything we can do to make it easier for people to save money is a good thing. And so I think a number one thing that we're going to have to address is access. We know today that 50 million Americans don't have access to a 401k plan through their employer. And that's often because they're working through small businesses. It may be because they're gig economy. But we know when people have access to a plan, they're much more likely to save than if they have to do it on their own. And so I think one of the key areas will be, how do we make it easier for small businesses to offer these types of plans? Can we reduce the administrative burdens? Those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I think this is part of our responsibility is to take care of the older generation. And I think we should be aware one way or another, we're going to have to be involved in this because if we have an aging population that cannot retire, and cannot afford, then government is going to have to pay for this, and we pay for that. So in some way, you'll be paying for it in your taxes. So I think it's an advantage for all of us to create these programs so that we have a population of people that, as I mentioned, could retire in an appropriate way, give up jobs to the next generation, the younger people, and prosper for all the hard work that they did. So this is not just the U.S. issue. This is a global issue. And I think anything that we can do to make this easier on the investment side and make it easier through the use of technology is going to be beneficial to the entire population going forward. And Rob, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for focusing on a very, very important issue. Thank you so much for having us today. This material is for informational purposes and is prepared by BlackRock, is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast, research, or investment advice, and is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy.
The opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and are subject to change. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by BlackRock to be reliable and are not guaranteed as to accuracy or completeness. This material may contain forward-looking information that is not purely historical in nature. There is no guarantee that any forecast made will come to pass. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. Past performance is not indicative of current or future results. This information provided is neither tax nor legal advice, and investors should consult with their own advisors before making investment decisions. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and you may not get back the amount invested. In the U.S. and Canada, this material is intended for public distribution. In the U.K., this is issued by BlackRock Investment Management U.K. Limited, authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, registered office, 12 Throgmorton Avenue, London, EC2N2DL, telephone, plus 44020-7743-3000, registered in England and Wales, number 202-0394. For your protection, telephone calls are usually recorded. BlackRock is a trading name of BlackRock Investment Management UK Limited. In Singapore, this is issued by BlackRock Singapore Limited, co-registration number 2000-10143N. In Hong Kong, this material is issued by BlackRock Asset Management North Asia Limited and has not been reviewed by the Securities and Futures Commission of Hong Kong. In Australia, issued by BlackRock Investment Management Australia Limited, ABN 13-006-165-975-AFSL-230-523-BIMAL. BIMAL. The material provides general information only and does not take into account your individual objectives, financial situation, needs, or circumstances. In Latin America, this material is for educational purposes only and does not constitute investment advice nor an offer or solicitation to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any shares of any fund. No securities regulators in Latin America have confirmed the accuracy of any information contained herein. The provision of investment management and investment advisory services is a regulated activity in Mexico, thus is subject to strict rules. For more information on the investment advisory services offered by BlackRock Mexico, please refer to the Investment Services Guide, available at www.blackrock.com mx. Copyright 2019, BlackRock Inc. All rights reserved. BlackRock is a registered trademark of BlackRock Inc. All other trademarks are those of their respective owners.